Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Joyous Sunday and thank you for choosing to be here today and allowing Portland Center for Spiritual Living to be your source of spiritual inspiration on this day. And a special shout out to our podcast listeners, our online community that comes to us from more than 120 countries throughout the world. All is welcome here. So thank you for choosing to be here. And our theme this month is managing change. You know, that C word that we often resist. Well, we've been embracing it this month and we're moving through this lovely book by Matt Kahn called Everything is Here to Help You. And last week, Reverend Larry shared the golden question and he gave us several versions of it, but the golden question is, what if the worst things that happen to me are actually the greatest possibilities? What if the worst things that actually happen to me are actually the greatest possibilities? And he suggested that we can use this golden question as a spiritual practice as well as just addressing current conditions. And I don't know if anyone else this month has had this opportunity for situations to be sort of bubbling up to the surface, but I know for me there have been plenty, and this is a fabulous question that we can ask. Well, to conclude our topic this month, today we're looking at why are we here? And in our exploration of this topic, we'll look at understanding the context, remembering who we are first, and then clarifying our life purpose by remembering our power to choose, and finally living life with purpose by remembering to renew mind, body, and spirit. So let's begin understanding context. As I was preparing the Sunday message, I went, how can we possibly talk about why we're here before we can embrace who we are. And so going to science of mind principles, the foundational principle is the principle of oneness. And here's what Ernest Holmes, our founder of religious science states, and he's very definitive and he's very specific about the principle of oneness. He says there is one, not two. Never forget that. Anywhere in the universe, just one. That one life is the substance of everything. It is one in unity, but multiplies in manifestation. It is one substance from which an infinite variety of different things come. But every one of those things is made out of the one thing. So what does this mean? That means that each of our individual life is rooted in the one mind. There is no separation. And each of us is expressing as an individualized form of the one. So everyone 
comes from the one source. We are one. So the hand that reaches out is the hand of God. The voice that sings a song is a voice of God. The smile on a person's face is the smile of God. We're one, and it's all God. And so it's essential that we are aware of who we are, that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And in a recent Zoom conference for a Holmes Institute ministerial class on Buddhism, our professor, Dr. Kim Kaiser, stated, always remember, an individual in the world is God moving in the world. An individual in the world is God moving in the world. And so from this elevated view, an individual in the world, God moving in the world, we can then proceed with clarifying our life purpose and responding to that question, why are we here? And Matt Kahn is very specific also, and he tells us that our life purpose is not about a career, it is not about a role we play, and it is not about muscling our way through life trying to make something happen. He's very specific. He said, in short, it's about the evolution of consciousness. How many of us have heard it's all about consciousness? And Matt Kahn describes it as being an anchor in heart-centered consciousness, that overall our life purpose is to be an anchor in heart-centered consciousness. And he describes and encourages us to decide the purpose of our existence is to choose an emotional offering we wish to provide those with whom we meet and then share that gift. So choose make a decision, and then share. So to understand the potency of his encouragement, I think it's important that we look at what is the power of the word decide. Its root in Latin is decidere, and it means to cut off all other options. And so we might say, ooh, cut off, I don't like that. You know, somebody cuts me off in traffic, I get a little feisty and, you know, maybe flip the bird or have a few nice words to share. But that isn't what the meaning of this word is. The meaning is very liberating. It means we activate the power of choice and we choose from limitless possibility that which we desire, and it points us in the direction we want to go. So it's very liberating and it's very powerful. If we're inundated with endless choices and we're going, oh, well, maybe this, or oh, well, maybe this, we're never moving forward because we're so busy in this endless list of possibilities. Matt Kahn says, make a decision of who you want to be in this world, what emotion do you want to share, and then give that gift. Very potent. And he also shares a statement of intention. Now, you know, Emma Curtis Hopkins, who was very, very influential on many of the new thought leaders, including Ernest Holmes, our founder, always talked about the power of intention, is that we can actually state and declare that which we wish to experience. So Matt Kahn is saying, make a statement of intention. And here is the intention. I intend to bless others with, 
and you fill in that emotion, no matter how they, how others choose to view or to respond to me. No matter how others choose to view or respond to me. And so in choosing an emotion, he gives us several questions of which I will share three. It's like, what emotion do you wish for others to feel in your presence? Knowing that your presence matters, what emotion do you want people to feel in your presence? And then he asks the second question, is it the same emotion that you yearn to feel more of? How often do we feel, oh, I wish I could experience more love or experience more acceptance or compassion? He said, is it the same emotion that you yearn to experience more? And then what if, don't you love what if questions? What if your day was filled where you were focused on giving the emotional gift to others instead of feeling what others are withholding? What if we walk through the day first knowing that we've made a decision to be a specific emotion, that our presence is that no matter what, and that then we move through the day whether individuals are withholding that or not. What would our day be like? Well, as a way of clarifying, I know that's a lot of information. I have this wonderful story. It's one of my favorite stories. I first came across it in the late 70s, so many may be familiar with the story, and it's called The Messiah is Among You. And so once upon a time, there was this old stone monastery located in the heart of a lavish, beautiful forest. And for centuries, travelers left the main road, took this long, winding detour through the forest to get to the monastery because it was such a place of inspiration. It was like salve for the soul. And so people came from everywhere to experience the monastery. However, over the years, the monks had become very critical of one another. There began to be an attitude of judgment, criticism, and over time, fewer and fewer travelers were making the choice to visit the monastery. Well, the abbot became very concerned about the survival of the monastery. He had a couple of problems. One, without a lot of visitors, people were not choosing to join the order, and the order of monks was aging. It's like, well, what are we going to do here? Well, he sought out the wise counsel of his dear, dear friend, the rabbi. And he said, what am I going to do? And after hearing this tale of woe from the abbot, the rabbi said, may I make a suggestion? But it goes, please, anything. You know, I'm, I'm desperate here. I need help. And very succinctly, the rabbi delivered a cryptic, mysterious message. And all he said was, the Messiah is among you. Well, the abbot was totally befuddled by this. He goes, really? It's already in the monastery? Well, he hastened back to the monastery to tell this good news to his order of monks. 
Well, the monk sat there with sort of a pan face, like, how can this be? But as that news settled in, it began to say, could it be Brother Thomas? Oh, certainly not. Way too crotchety and nitpicky and always demanding that we dot every I and cross every T and needs tons of information and always bringing in more information and never wanting to make a decision. Certainly not. Well, what about Brother Michael? Oh, for heaven's sake, wishy-washy, you never know where he stands, always trying to get everybody's input, never gets to a decision, certainly not. Well, what about Brother Vincent? (laughs) Oh, my God, hops from one idea to another, totally spontaneous, never sticks to one thing. Well, then maybe it's Brother Eldred. Absolutely not. Way too demanding. Makes choices without including anyone else. He is so friggin' bossy. (laughs) Yet, no one wanted to be the person that shunned the Messiah. So over time, they began to appreciate the gifts that were being given. And with appreciation and gratitude grew this sense of reverence. And it was like, well, Brother Thomas, you know, there's this calm, serene sense of order. We always know that we're on the right path doing the right thing. Well, and Brother Michael, there's full cooperation. Everyone feels included. We feel safe and secure being who we are. Well, Brother Vincent, oh, God bless him. There's so much zest and enthusiasm. He is so fun to be around, and he is a creative genius. He always has great ideas. Well, and as for Brother Eldred, you know, that confident, poised decision-making, we feel absolute certainty that we are in the right direction, that we are moving forward decisively. Well, with this new attitude, suddenly there was this mighty magnet that was drawing more and more visitors. And as the visitors came to the monastery, they were like, surely the presence is in this place. Surely the presence is in this place. And so the monastery began to grow. People wanted to be a part of the order. And the monastery thrived, all because the monks knew the Messiah was among them. And so in what way can we look at that in our life? What if we so remember the divinity within and that our choice to be that in the world What if we remembered that? Can you imagine how our world can be illuminated simply because each of us chooses to be a heart-centered anchor of consciousness? What would that be like? 
Imagine how powerful we feel. Imagine that empowerment and that by making those conscious choices, we move out into the world and we're not catapulted topsy-turvy with all the chaos and all the turmoil and everything that's going on in our world. We could be that anchor of heart-centered consciousness. We could be a difference maker. Our presence matters. So in giving this gift, it also requires us to choose to live on purpose, but it's a life of giving. And we know that giving a gift, giving and giving and giving, does not fulfill the law of giving and receiving. And so it's very important, our final point today is it's very important to remember self-care. It's very important that we take time, consciously take time, to renew mind, body, and spirit. Matt Kahn has an entire chapter of spiritual practice, and I highly encourage you to purchase the book and, and review that. And I can hear already, oh, spiritual practice. Oh, my God, I'm so busy, so busy. There's no time. There's no time. I've tried meditation. Uh, I just can't get it right. My monkey mind just doesn't ever want to flow together. No, no way that I can do spiritual practice on a daily basis. I'm lucky if I can meditate once a month. Or, I mean, maybe when I get here on Sunday... Matt Kahn tells us that in order for us to move in this world and to be that anchor of heart-centered consciousness, we must choose self-care. We must have a daily spiritual practice. And as I mentioned, he has several. I'm going to share a very, very simple one. So you can breathe. <laughs> it's okay, you can breathe because it's easy. And that is, and your, your at-home assignment for this week is to spend five minutes in the silence. Five minutes. Now that could be in your car. You choose to turn off the radio. Could be that as you're walking, you don't have earbuds where you're listening to some, you know, um, MP3 player or whatever. It's just be in the silence. And for me, I think that Maya Angelou sums it up best why being in the silence is so important. And this quote comes from one of her final tweets that she made before she made her transition. And she said, listen to yourself. And in that quietude, you might hear the voice of God. Listen to yourself. And in that quietude, you might hear the voice of God. So let us quickly review. To be an anchor of heart-centered consciousness in a world filled with turmoil and chaos, we must remember three things. We must remember who we are, that our life is deeply rooted in universal mind, and we are an individualized form of it. You heard it in licensed practitioner Simona's prayer this morning, that we are of the universal mind, that the universal mind is my mind, and it is true. Each individual in this world is God moving in this world. We must remember our power to choose. 
We can choose the gift of emotion that we wish to share with others and then take the inspired action of giving that gift wherever we are and in whatever situation, no matter who responds to us or how they respond to us. We can be that gift. And the third thing we must remember is to embrace continuous renewal of the mind, body, and spirit through spiritual practice. And I'm encouraging you to begin with something easy, five minutes of silence, and build from there. Find things that work for you. It doesn't have to be the same thing over and over and over, you know, for eternity. It's called find things that work for you. I journal, I meditate daily, I have a prayer partner that we meet weekly. The important thing is find something that works for you. I'm encouraging you to start with silence. So let us pray. Oh. One life, one universal mind, infinite possibility, the substance of all that is seen and unseen, just one, one life, and I choose to call it God. And I know that I am an individualized expression of it, that my life lives, moves, and breathes in the universal mind. And as this is true for me, I know it to be the truth of each person here today. Each, this divine expression of universal mind, and each an individualized physical form of it, each individual, God moving in this world. And so I claim and affirm and I speak my word for and about each person here today that there is an opening of the mind that absolutely allows for embracing the power to choose to be an anchor of heart-centered consciousness in this world of chaos and turmoil. That each person embraces the truth of their being, that they are God moving in this world and that their presence matters that each person is that light bearer. Each person is giving the gift of an emotion and that the conviction of giving that gift allows that person to hold steadfast to their vision, to being a difference maker in the world. And so I am so grateful for this truth that God is all there is God is expressing in, through, and as each individual that God's wisdom and inspiration is each individual's wisdom and inspiration. And it is good. It is very good. I release my word into the activity and action of the law, knowing that the law always says yes. And so with absolute conviction and firmament of mind, together we say, and so it is. Thank you for choosing to be here today.
We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.